0: Who is anyone gonna question me? Like the most morally consistent person of all time in esports right at that point. Then I have the ultimate power to just actually shit on everyone who is a fake liberal, like Frankie Ward, like Frost And I am the king of the mountain who is the ultimate arbiter of morality in esports. <laughs>
1: hello everybody welcome back to another episode of side select we are here to talk about some pressing matters within the esports community it is a lovely summer day here in england which i can say finally it is a lovely summer's day it's been the most miserable gray hideous summer of my life and the days are only
2: <laughs> two weeks left in the like is it yeah.
1: it's been gray raining <laughs> i
2: was i was
1: at my computer in my duvet the other day like what the hell i was like it's august why i don't spend eight months of my life in a per year sad depressed cold miserable waiting for summer to come around just for it to do me like this it's horrible can but i just say that every european is super angry at you right
0: now because they've had <laughs> like been on fire literally for like the whole Honestly. fucking summer
1: Share some of the heat, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, give like, us some of those forest fires. Send them over yeah. here. Yeah. There you go. Um, I live in the South, so I don't really have too many forests over here. It's all just urban. So you know what? It's all right that the northerners can take the, the brunt of that if they've still got some you know, nature left up there or whatever it is they do. Um, but it's cool. Summer may have been depressing, but we're here to change everything by giving you some more side select, which is, of course, the uh, the highlight of your yeah. summer. Yeah. Uh, of course, before we get into the eSports side, I do have a very pressing question to ask you, fine gentlemen. Um, I ran out of ketchup. This isn't a question. Um, this is a statement. I ran out of ketchup. And I went down to my local corner shop <laughs> to buy some more ketchup. £4.10 for a bottle of ketchup. What okay. the hell has the world come to? So I went to Aldi. Okay, and it was like 59p for tomato something Whatever it's called, I don't know. You know, just it's not ketchup, but it, it, it's ketchup. I had it, and it just, it just didn't hit the spot. It just didn't hit the spot. Yeah, what you pay for, I guess. So
2: really. yeah,
1: well, well, this is the thing. Audi's actually pretty banging for for cheap okay. food. Like honestly, it's not bad at all. But this one was, it just wasn't it. It just wasn't it. It was ketchup, but it wasn't ketchup. I'm a bit of a ketchup fiend, and it just did not hit the spot, and I didn't like it. So you know what? I bought the four pound ten ketchup. Very next day from the corner shop. My question to you guys is: Are you snobbish enough? Well, maybe snobbish isn't the right word, but I think you guys know what I'm saying. You just could not substitute a food item out of your diet or your pantry with the knockoff version. You would have to have a specific, a particular brand or it's just not
2: oh definitely i will definitely opt into this like ketchup by the way is a classic one as well like the real problem if you're british if people don't know is it's not just like ketchup and beans this is why you all get it wrong because you're just going to go to any old gaff and have some like rubbish beans that are like the eight pence ones like no it's only the heinz beans ones yeah. in that like gray thing of thingamajig yeah. with exactly that logo on but it's the same with the ketchup so the problem is to me, like in a weird way, I have a weird thing about food where I've learned that like part of how I enjoy or don't enjoy it's based on my expectations of what it's going to be like and what I'm about to eat in a weird way. So actually, that's a great example of something where it's like, because you only notice it in scenarios like you're saying, like you go to someone's house and then they have like the knockoff one or like the, the weird brown sauce or or the worst obviously is if you go like, can I have some Coke? And then they bring you like that like yeah. 10 yeah. pence. like. <laughs> he, like what even is this this is horrible so yeah i definitely will always go for the the premium brand as it were i'm a fan for it. the
1: brands so so you don't even i was just thinking maybe you guys would have a specific one that you're a snob nah. for but you're just like everything yeah. <laughs> everything so where do you go shopping when you're in the uk what's your grocery go to because i assume you don't go to audi they because they do genuinely just do their own brand of everything and, let, and, and it is generally quite good some of them are the all board. right yeah across the board my uh take a break chocolate bars are very nice along with the monster obviously claws. the
2: joke there is that's a kitkat mm, in Kit the yeah. monster munch there
1: okay. <laughs> yeah um but but yeah but the ketchup just was not it um
2: by the way yeah. I have always thought as a random aside it's actually like I think I've said this joke before but it is true even though in a way it's genius branding to have KitKat on LEC the problem is, LEC specifically is probably the most notorious league in the history of eSports for the game breaking. And us all having to take a break we don't want to take. I've always thought that's just really unfortunate, like it's not KitKat's fault at all. Is like, it I can't unfortunate?
1: Blend. Or is it a conspiracy? <laughs> oh my goodness, we've unearthed something here on like Inside Scoop, breaking news.
0: But they must get so much more airtime than they pay for on that fucking LEC. In theory, broadcast. you think
2: so, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, but... I'm just uh, yeah, sorry, I'm just don't. imagining them going into, you know, renewing the Kit Kat sponsorship uh, contract, going into in, into the meetings with the Kit Cats branding officers and being like, listen, our broadcast breaks all the time. You're going to have to pay us some more money.
2: By the way, <laughs> you do know I can already predict that like Foxtrot that the answer for Rich is going to be that he also just does the premium brands. But because remember, he just lives in this middle class bubble penny pinch has he like the joke is he doesn't even go to aldi because he's his mom didn't need to stretch that pound further or whatever <laughs> the slogans are i forget which one he's, ne- he's you never know.
1: frozen bread he didn't need a little bit
2: more exactly yeah <laughs> he just uh, he just gets some what you talk bread oh <laughs> shit What's called he's like actually like hoover he thinks it's like is that like cleaner. sourdough bread I
0: don't know. exactly surprise,
2: you going for the premium that, one or yeah, not
0: so the surprise of no one I typically shop in Waitrose or M&S so there you go. usually oh, usually
2: the, the store brand <laughs> no stuff is pretty ones. good <laughs> you know Way more expensive supermarkets basically yeah
0: yeah uh like I'll tell you what's weird though when it comes to Heinz how weird is it I was having this conversation unironically ironically yesterday and I was like how weird is it that Heinz has like a taste monopoly on ketchup tomato soup that's the other one remember Heinz tomato soup and fucking baked beans. That's so weird. Like I find that so strange that someone else hasn't just like snuck It's so in. basic. Yeah. Exactly. yeah like...
2: Why have they not got a good knockoff? Exactly. There's nothing what? to dislike it so well, does it? If you yeah. want that exact flavour.
0: Because yeah. yeah, if I'm going down the you know getting my uh, nuclear war type foods, going down those aisles, and I'm looking at the canned stuff, you just don't. Your eyes just flick straight over the store brand beans. That's not happening. Like it's Hinds. Like it has to be Hinds. Like not. I mean, I would say there are some like good knockoff like alternative ketchups. I think, but like the reggae reggae ketchup that's pretty good because it's like sort of a bit spicy or whatever but if I was getting normal just okay. tomato yeah. sauce like sachet level whatever yeah again it's Heinz like, I don't know it's so weird that they nailed all those basics but yeah, for me I would say probably like tortilla chips it's like a big one like I fucking love Doritos I absolutely love Doritos I don't know if they're like a premium brand or whatever but <laughs> if I go for like store brand even Waitrose right their store brand tortillas and MS, they're just not that good they're, it's just not the same like i've just got to have my doritos so yeah that's probably the biggest one for me i would probably say and then oh when it comes to like pastry stuff or things like this like that is very much yeah. like supermarkets market dependent i would never you, to, to fully embrace my middle-classness, you would not catch me dead in, like, an Aldi or one of these places getting, like, <laughs> right, cookies from there. M&S cookies, mate. Those are insane. Anything less, can okay. go fuck themselves. Nah. Anything in the pastry section, it'll be horrible. It'll be dry. Don't even suggest a croissant. If I'm out of France, I'm probably not having a croissant, let alone from a fucking second-tier supermarket. So, yeah. Anything bread-related, I've got to go premium, for sure.
1: I think it's so funny that... These things that you're describing, tortilla like Doritos, crisps, bread like donuts and shit like that, are all very stereotypically working class, and you're complaining that the working class supermarkets don't do it right and that MS is where you've got to go to get it to get it done. That's a great one, by the
0: way. Donuts is the epitome of if it's super cheap, it is terrible. You are oh, literally yeah, eating yeah, yeah. like a calorific white cloud with like a that much yeah. jam in like just in way, that's design. one
2: of the maddest ones about a uh, difference in countries by the way because you know if you ever go to america some places don't really have like an active bakery basically and they'll sell you like donuts that are like a day old and you're like who would <laughs> even buy this like if you don't know in the uk the joke is at the end of the same day you can just go and buy that thing of thoughts for about half the price because it is like about 10 times worse like after about two hours it just drops off a cliff doesn't it so like it just shows how some countries are just different because like when they were eating like like because in the same way we have biscuits, if, if, if someone's not from the UK the reason why biscuits work is they actually have like preservative components to them so you can just keep it like it tastes the same after two weeks in theory as long as you don't leave it out so you can't do that with a donut though mate that that becomes terrible
0: yeah oh that really I hard. love a good one store brand bourbons always horrific disgusting oh, for sure. and same for like custard creams and all that you got to go yeah. oh that and, yeah all that as well is it called yeah. jammy Dodgers is that the, the store That's brand? the official oh, brand
1: yeah all terrible yeah. That's fair. I've done that with Rich teas before. I've uh, not wanted so yeah. Knock off Rich teas. Obviously joke nice.
2: is Rich himself just calls those teas. <laughs> 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 True. I do love a rich tea biscuit like, like, they, they are up there that's pretty nice actually yeah they are they that's are really you. the other right I think the other reason why no one who's not British knows that any of this stuff's good because none of this is like 10 out of 10 stuff this isn't like oh you've got to try it it's more mm. it's all just like marginally good like if you have the ch- yeah. if you ever get the chance just give it a go but it's not no one would recommend it to you like it's some god it's just a biscuit and it's just you've got a
1: mate it. visiting from a foreign country yeah. oh you've got to try these rich tea biscuits like you don't you don't introduce them to them like that but they are still banging don't get me wrong
2: that's that's why some people in esports tried that from the UK where even if I like UK food say like, you're going too far with it like when people come to the UK for an event they'll be going like oh I'm going to check out this Greg's you're like don't send them there like that's some you have the- money on law for you idiot you don't just like send them there from like like they're coming from like fucking Italy or something you're like you've got to check out Greg's like they're not going to be vibing with it are they mate like it's not going to be their shit <laughs> the
1: thing as well, this is slightly this is slightly <laughs> off topic, and I promise we'll get on to esports in a sec. The thing that kind of actually annoyed me about foreigners coming to um try foreigners talking about British cuisine was when MSI was in London, right? Just yes. this, this past May. Oh, all of the talent and all of the yeah, you know, even the journalists and whatever, they they were all staying in London, at the heart of London. It was in Strauss. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, British cuisine is so terrible. I hate it. You're in fucking London. Know, if there's one place that doesn't do stereotypical British cuisine or is really good at doing other types of cuisine, like every single dish you could Everything. want under the sun yeah. is available for you in London. You arrive there and our like, oh, British cuisine sucks. What the fuck? it's not even british cuisine
2: oh, dude, it sounds <laughs> like you it. say it's, that it's some like steampunk london of like all like cloud and mystery <laughs> yeah, oh yeah you your <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're saying you're just coming now in 2023 for fuck's sake like, like, just broke oh, shit it's like mate you could throw a stone and you won't even find any british food what you talking literally. about like, there's all the world's food you're right you're, you've nailed that one that's it's true
1: just i was reading that i was like what the or fuck or
2: even joking this is not even a joke actually went to nando's and said it was shit yeah. i was like that's <laughs> Even British, that's like portugal or something <laughs> like what it's even called dandos for fuck's sake we have adopted it as a it is it's become like some weird british thing i know
1: yeah yeah anyway let's talk about some esports shall we some video game, good old video games uh topic number one let's get going with some good old league of legends and very close to home as well the lec we, we've waited patiently months we've waited for the uh the finals the season finals which have for some reason just yeah i don't know there was a huge delay between the end of the summer and uh and season season finals but they're almost here they're just around the corner and uh this, uh this finals will determine which lec teams represent europe at worlds there are four slots available and six teams up trying to grab those spots as a reminder you've got g2 mad lions BDS, Excel, Fnatic, and SK. They're all in the running for those world spots. Three teams will be getting their spots from these season finals, including uh, the fourth place team will be battling out against the LCS's fourth seed for uh, that final world spot a bit later on. But my question for you guys is very, very simple. What teams do you think from the LEC will be making worlds? Rich, hit me up
0: so i'll do the easy one first obviously g2 they will be in worlds uh i think that is there even a scenario where they can't be in worlds i don't know how like they're doing this point thing or whatever and that was just for seeding so i guess technically they could lose every series and they're not in worlds but g2 will be in worlds that's like the given i would say the other team that is closest to a given is probably sk not being in worlds i think i'd probably go along with that um, I think the only thing they had going for them the whole season was like, they've got the hoodoo over Fnatic, but then Fnatic actually did end up beating them in a series. So it's like, what can I really do with an argument or construct an argument to, to go for SK? So for me, those are the two that's like locked, if you like, in my head. So then I have to reckon with XL, who I'm going to say I'm going to trust those guys to get through it. Um, I think that XL has shown that they have the best macro in the league outside of G2 in a season when EU has shown horrendous levels of macro, generally speaking. So I've got XL as my second team. So I've got G2, I've got XL, and now I have to pick two from three of BDS, Mad and Fnatic. And I think the team that will miss out is actually probably Fnatic, to be honest. Now, a little bit of this I will caveat by saying, you know apparently and this is like it not even insider info because for people who don't know Crepo went on I think it was Yamato stream or something and was going oh. on about how insane mad are looking in <laughs> scrims and they've really turned it around and they fix their issues blah 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 so he made that public and if that's true and considering he's really cool with
2: SK and people don't know sorry say him. Crepo works with SK oh yeah SK yeah yeah so
0: yeah he's like the I think just head of League or something at the moment at SK um, he's like the
2: secret GM or something right yeah
0: exactly <laughs> Um and he yeah so if I go along with that and couple it with the player strength that they have as well and just assume that they've leveled up as a team they kind of have to go in for me um and then with BDS that would be the question mark right I guess with like BDS or Fnatic again in theory I think Fnatic have better players for sure higher ceiling for sure and Shio is worrying me a lot because I do think he's one of these players who found his real level this split I don't think spring was like as representative of him as summer has been maybe so that would be my my one concern but again Razork has been shitting the bed in like big series all year so like do I trust Razork any more than I trust Shio when it comes down to it I'm not sure that I do and this is like an interesting point that actually um Gilius brought up on on EuroLeague he said that he thinks Razork is actually a choker which I think is pretty interesting because if you actually think about yeah. it the reason why he hasn't been labeled like that is because in most of the series the big series he's played we can always say ah oh, but humanoids just trolling he just inted and it's like what are you meant to do if your mid laner's trolling and that is true but both things can be true and i do think that razork's had mo- a, like a noticeable drop off when he's played in big series versus like his regular season for example which was spectacularly good like eastern levels of good in terms of his map understanding so yeah i i i think it, it, i wouldn't be surprised either way of course but i think bds um i trust more to put together a couple of decent series than i do fanatic at this point so yeah i'll say those four and i'll say fanatic and sk miss out and they're actually the two lower bracket teams so i guess hashtag the system works if that's how it how it plays <laughs> out
1: All right, so no Fnatic, no SK. Do you agree with that, Thorin? Do you think XLG2, MAD, and BDS will be the four teams representing EU?
2: Well, here's the funny thing. I actually was gonna disagree in two regards. And then I've noticed though, because obviously we know the first round matchups in the upper bracket, like for example, You can't have like Fnatic and BDS go probably unless BDS beats G2 basically because otherwise BDS will play Fnatic in the low bracket. So if it was just like I didn't know the... If this was like a group stage and I've just picked the four, I probably would have gone with, like I'll go by the most obvious again. G2 is the most obvious one to go. I think it's almost impossible for them not to go. Like I actually can't even conceive of any context in which they don't because I think even if everything else broke down, the raw player strength of that team alone gets them to this tournament. So I actually think they were probably handed win it, so I have G2 winning, which means I have BDS dropping down, essentially if I have to pick between BDS and Fnatic, here's what's interesting, is I wanted to pick both actually, I was going to kind of get edgy, because I think a lot of people probably think BDS is the one that's on the outs, because they've just been kind of a bit meh, whatever this split, but the key thing for me is they never totally dropped off a cliff like I always thought there was games where it looked like oh they're still in there, like you can still see when Crownshot gets his champion and gets going in the game, he can still carry (coughs) even Adam, like the joke is because we've all sort of flamed the idea that like their strength, stuff like oh like putting pressure on top of, like he doesn't really know what he's doing there guys he just does that <laughs> anyway so the good news is like good or bad i think the key thing with bds is they will actually play quite similar to how they did before so basically i actually do think a lot of these teams are weak so i'm gonna say actually between fanatic and bds i'll say actually fanatic probably wins that one so as a result instead i'm gonna take as my last one i'm gonna do g2 and xl i'm quite confident of those two and then the two edgy ones are fanatic and i'm gonna go mad lions right the reasoning like i said the mad lions one has to be predicated upon the bracket because even though People keep implying, like, oh, maybe Mad Lions has got it together. Like, the problem with that is that has been the logic since the fucking bo once ended. Remember, they won the first four games, then lost five, then lost all the group stage games, and now if they keep losing now, they're on an insane losing streak. So the real problem I have with Mad Lions is I actually don't want to believe in them. Like, even when I look at their roster, it's like, man, I've been looking at this roster for, like, four weeks, five weeks now, and you haven't done anything. Like, I do feel like, on paper, their team is too good. The players are just too good not to get, like, uh, all you need is top four here and i even think there's e- there would even be a sort of almost like a a fairness if mad lions get the fourth spot because if you notice golden guardians getting the lcs fourth spot is almost like they're trying to make sure like lcs gets the extra seed because that's actually a pretty good team from lcs it's ridiculous so in some ways it would be fair play that we send mad lions a team that also if they get it together probably is our second best team so i think it would even be a like sort of symmetry there so i'll take them on the xl one it's not too much to say. Like I said, the thing that's impressed me the most, this is how it's interesting how break, people break things down. I actually probably would have this team with the coaching st- uh, staff of like, I don't know about the year, obviously, because they didn't have them for the first split, but like the last split, the summer split, I think they did a fucking bang up job. Like this team screams well coached to me. Like Rich says, they actually like have a very good, strong team identity. They know how to play. They actually even know how to play around weaknesses. I think the Peach guy's even that good, man. I can't wow. even believe he was in the finals. I can't believe he's probably going to Worlds, but the rest of the team just works around him. And even though, actually, I think people like Limit are just whatever. They're just like, okay, LEC players. Somehow this team is more than the sum of their parts. That's why the ultimate irony of this year of XL is it shows you why like on paper super team thinking just means nothing compared to in the server actually can play the game together League of Legends because the joke is nobody would ever choose this lineup over the one at the beginning of the year but this one is about twice as good so I think XL's just t- the floor is too good I can't see a world where they don't grab like I think they're going to get a top three spot forget even the fourth one and then on the Fnatic one the reason I do Fnatic one is very simple I also think they are for me for me that it goes like this g is clearly too good XL's just very small solid and then the rest I almost don't care about it they all have their own factors so the fanatic one for me is very simple I actually just think the ceiling is quite high on the team even in if it's for individual games they can have some really big pop-offs so I just think that will be enough to get them past it uh, could it won't be an SK game in this case BDS potentially if you even if you lose the next match you get the fourth one so I think actually I'm not actually super confident with all these teams. And I do think, actually, in some ways, the other reason this, like, the approach to doing the season final sorts of work is you definitely can't just rank these teams one to six. I think there's a lot of play here. As long as you're not G2, there's a lot of players to where the different spots are. Like, even though I've left them out, I don't, I'm not a fan of SK. I, I was never even a big on them in the summer in general. But these other teams have enough flaws. That, like, principally, SK can win individual games, certainly. So there's a world where they can wake up and, I don't know, do two bullshit Akali games for circus mm. and win the game. That can happen. It's, it's going to be quite thrilling, I think.
1: I think it's interesting, like, how the narrative around... Excel has changed from the beginning of the year to to here, which is good for them because it's exactly where it matters, right? But I don't know my. I Who mean, you my, come on. Yeah, my brain is telling me like from what we've seen, Excel should make it, and, and I am an Excel fanboy, having worked with them pre, LEC and all that stuff, and I know the management and all that is, is, is different, and they've had their fair share of controversies and whatnot at this point, but. I, I don't know, I, I've just, my gut is telling me something is just not going to work there. I, actually, I just I didn't
2: still... even thought of that angle, because the, the other thing people are forgetting is it would actually be quite momentous for XL the Orc to go to Worlds. Oh, yeah. Look, yeah. People forget that. It was momentous to get, Worlds, to get Orc, yeah. into playoffs. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know? I did not even thought of that angle. So
1: it's like, I just think with that, all that on the line, they're setting themselves up for like such a brilliant story.
2: Of where they should make it. Oh, by the way, the other I angle as well is the angle for one is obviously gangster as Fuck Ben and my koi definitely can't go now. Like that, that's just a fucking cool, like soap opera angle, innit? That's just it's fun.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be. I, I don't know. I I'm not sure, but I've just got. I've just yeah. I'm gonna go with a spicy take and say XL don't actually make it. Like despite everything, you know, they 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 peaked at the best time. that they're, they're, they're looking good. They've done some great stuff, uh, but this just isn't it for them. And by the way current.
2: you do know rich that's also why we do need excel to go because odd or people lawkey are missing this like he is the truth when it comes to trash talking guys like remember he is actually the embodiment of what true eu league of legends culture is like because he won't just say like, ah, a EU over NA bro he will be like I am going to anally fist the top player yeah. of the team licorice of gold and they're like what the fuck the fuck like I love it mate I just love how toxic because he's like low-key toxic somehow we yeah. gets under the radar dude was never getting punished for this shit like he's getting away with it mate well
0: it's like that he tweet that's cool. like that tweet he did uh, like he'll always have the tidiest bit of plausible deniability like do you remember when Oscar and Oscar made his debut and otto like solo killed him twice in lane and like yes. humiliated him and then afterwards he tweeted uh i can't even remember the last time i fisted a 19 year old or something like that there you and it's yeah, right. like <laughs> but you can see the angle right like he could he yeah. walked, people got angrier that he walked I was like what do you mean it was, no speaking...
2: it was very cleverly set up on yeah, it exactly, uh, yeah exactly yeah. he didn't say anything outrageous i mean even said 19 like you say, yeah, you're right he exactly. like, actually was all protective, <laughs> but just it felt like what <laughs> yeah. all right but, sorry but- sorry
0: but on the on the XL <laughs> angle, I would just say I think this is a classic uh, position where this is where if if Carlos was the GM of XL, I guarantee you next split. Now, let's say they easily coast like they they play G two in the final and they go three one and they coast it and it's like yep, yeah, easily the second best team. Do not keep this roster next split. You have to upgrade jungle at a minimum and probably support as well. Like you have to get God. fucking get fucking. Jankos and if you can get Jankos and Larson like if you can right probably not but you know Jankos is still technically under contract but spoiler every interview he's talking about how he's probably leaving so Gosh. get Yankos, get Larson if you can't I guess hope that El Yoya plays quite well in this season's things you know Put your mind at ease and get, oh, yo, you're in Larson. Like, just do it. Make the upgrades. Because I'm sorry, you are not going to have a similar level of performance with this same roster next week. You aren't. You just, you aren't. So be a fucking man, fucking sack up and upgrade the roster, even if you comfortably make it to Worlds. Because, yeah, this team's not doing anything historical. Let's put it that way. It's a good team taking advantage of there only being one other good team, basically. Like, and that's not going to be the case next year, most likely.
2: Also, by the way, low key does make me like a little bit sick to my stomach that I'm actually having to pick like like I was going to pick against them. I did in the end pick my blood, but like I, when I look at the BDS roster, it just shows how weird LEC is that that roster of players has like an actual chance to get to Worlds for real. Because it still looks like an ERL team when I look at it. For like that, should look, they should be like what third in the LFL. Like what? they probably go to Worlds. they probably just nick that last spot
1: it doesn't make a lot of sense if you've just woken up from a coma at the beginning Oh, ridiculous yeah and you're looking at this finals lineup like because you know
2: like back in the day even a couple of years ago like you could almost see just on gamepedia if the team was good or not like you saw the Ross, like oh it's like nuke darkness but that's probably an all right team you know you could almost sort of tell like you can't tell anymore it's why i sort of low-key to bring it all back to the beginning of this convo i actually in some ways do feel like maybe this year is the year most influenced by coaches of maybe any i've ever seen in lec like it's in the past, I think it was just player strength, one of the games. But like actually the form of Mad Lions tells you everything you need to know. Like they either are like second best or like second worst. There's no in between. Like to me, that has to be down to things like coaching and how you set the team up and what your vision of the meta is, you know?
1: Yeah. Who's your we're, mom, uh... then,
2: Fox, drop. Who else did you pick? Your XL, GT? Uh, else? Yeah. XL.
1: Ex- well, I don't think Excel, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Excel. You're going
2: to go against Excel, right? This true? is all a build up to Big yeah. Yeah, the last yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, yeah. Ad, for the absolute. That's turn, eternal term.
1: Smashing down. Yeah, no, for real. I just, I mean, I don't know if I truly believe it. I wouldn't put money on it, but i've just there's just something that's just niggling away at me thinking they're gonna shit the bed oh,
2: i think i might even have told this one before so i'll make it really quick but basically it's a joke about like modern british thinking because i don't buy this you know politically i'm a bit different in that sense i believe in the glory days and all, all the great things and the heights of the civilization but people in the modern day have that thing of like it's little britain isn't it it's not we're not great anymore we have to just accept our place in the world so along those lines right when murray won wimbledon for the first time fox and i think it was 2013 i think it was when he won against Djokovic right Mm. if you've never seen this game he actually wrecks Djokovic it's not even like a close game he just wins like three straight sets basically but because of who Murray was and the fact that he'd been in all those finals and lost and if people don't know that is just thought of sadly as like the the modern British sportsman is some kind of like you always lose the ashes to the best Australian team. You never win the Rugby World Cup. You lose all the penalty shootouts in football. Like, essentially, you just always talk at the last minute, right? Yeah. So, when he was up two sets and he was on like championship point, I won't say who, but I was, I was like with some of our family and I said to one of them, like, quick come in murray's about to win Wimbledon, right and they just look in and they don't know anything about tennis which is why this is funny a fuck shop they just look in and even though like obviously if they understood the score they'd know like he's almost certainly about to win any they just look in and even though he's like serving to win or they just go nah he'll just blow it and then just leave <laughs> he didn't even win it even though he, like won on that point or whatever like it's like a massive celebration like they just left because their assumption for real was like because the british they'll just <laughs> They'll just fucking all up completely, and essentially FoxHop's done the same thing. He said like, because it's a British dog, yeah. Bobby just fucking just rubbish triple. Basically, they'll just, they'll just do the Steven Gerrard slip now, won't they? In the season finals and blow the whole thing. <laughs> there you
1: go. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're just going yeah, to your vibe. all up. Yeah. And if if they want an English dog, maybe it'll be different. Does just does fanatic count as being an English or I don't know. They had their their hq they'll always be like while, swedish right? to me yeah. really i don't know well, I mean, yeah.
2: technically it this the reason why that one's a confusing one is technically they're british because they're like registered yeah. there but i think sam Matthews mob are actually australian so like in some sense they've got to be because here's the weird thing about that mm-hmm. everyone always makes fun of you if you say fanatics uk but then all these orgs like uh, uh, like this is a french org like is it mm-hmm. i mean all the players are so how does that even mm-hmm. work bit? why do we never get to claim anyone That's if you true. register there as far as i'm concerned you work there the slogan of all the uh, sponsors in esports. I just realised when well, I just said that out loud. Okay, <laughs> we're all from Cyprus. Cyprus sponsors esports. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, let's move. Let's move on to the uh, to more actually about the uh, the LEC and, and and world world qualification, but not about what's actually happening with the finals here. It's about what's happening after the finals as you know as i mentioned with the world's qualification format there are six teams up for six teams up for qualification with the season finals here three teams will make it from the finals and the fourth place team will go on to play the fourth place team from n a in a best of five to qualify for the final world spot kind of like the west is sharing that final spot here and only one team will make it battle of the atlantic if you will um Now the LCS has determined what their fourth seed will be, and they determined that a fair time back it's Golden Guardians. Now the LEC have no idea until the end of the season finals. So um, there's a little bit of
0: September the tenth for people who don't know. So
1: yeah, got right. So it it's um yeah it's a while back still. Essentially, the schedules of the two regions are completely out of whack, and it does mean that Golden Guardians have more time to. You know prepare for um for this potential fourth place match they don't know who they're playing yet of course but still they've just had so much time to that you know even take time off if you want whereas right now the lec teams are still preparing for the season finals have no idea what's going on you know do you think this is actually going to give an advantage to the lec do you uh, sorry to the lcs to golden guardians do you think it might potentially give an advantage to the LEC because they know who they're going to be playing, whereas the Golden Guardians still don't know who they're going to be playing? What are your thoughts in general about this kind of mismatch of scheduling here? And in future, do you think that potentially, considering the two regions are going to have to play each other for that final world spot, right? might have to do some tweaking to the schedules to align them? I came to Rich first previously, so Thorin, Take me away. What are your thoughts on this whole situation?
2: I think this is a rare one for me where there's no like clear answer. I feel like there's pros and cons on all sides because this reminds me of a classic conundrum in formats, which is if you ever have a double elimination format, one of the reasons why... Um, people aren't sure if it's actually fair to have double a limb but then not do a bracket reset so essentially even though you're saying it's double a limb someone can lose once and lose the tournament like they can just lose in the final the reason why that always tortures people is because no one really knows is it actually better to skip games and play less and therefore be like fresher and go to the final for example or is it better to have to go to the low bracket and sort of stay super warmed up and essentially that's almost like a Darwinian filter where like unless you're really good you're not going to make the finals. If you make the final from lower bracket, you actually should be very good because you've sort of survived the gauntlet, haven't you? People can't fully tell. And the same thing used to happen in Counter Strike if people don't know. Like, famously, ESL still does this. They like to do tournaments where if you win the group, you skip to the semis instead of the like quarterfinals match. And basically, to, to, to say it all, what I'm going to bring it back to is this there isn't really an answer. What happens is people tend to just judge based on what happened to them. So if they do go to like a quarterfinals and they don't skip to the semis or they go to the lower bracket, but they have like an amazing series and i don't know they figure something out in the game or they just level their play up and get through a roster they'll come if they win the final they'll be like no i actually think it's better to play more games because that means that you're warmed up and you're fresh and you don't let it go but i can tell you the default position especially if that team like loses is they'll all go the other way and go no no it's better to skip and not show anything and be fresher and not be burned out so the real problem i have is this is I actually feel like it can go both ways on this one. Like, there's a world where the LEC team, having actually still been active for, like, three or four weeks and played all these extra matches, in fact, even technically on, like, what, other patches even, like, and gotten all this practice in, that could actually mean whoever comes out of this with the fourth spot is maybe, like, in... T- peak tuned up shape maybe Golden Guardians is just sat around twiddling their thumbs or playing pointless scrims that no one cares about so I could see it working both ways I do feel like inherently it feels like an advantage that Golden Guardians is just sat here like one thing that I do think is an underrated advantage in tournament formats if, you're, if you've are if you already played is that essentially even though they don't know like they, it's not like they can spend all these weeks specifically practicing for an opponent because they don't know who's going to get the fourth spot but they can not only for fun but in live watch all those games though so essentially like you can sort of double dip on your practice and what it's worth it'll all still be worth something so I feel like inherently I feel like the advantage does go to LCS I also think as an aside like I referenced earlier I think if you want if they almost like colluded in the LCS and were like right we've got to send the team that gives us the best chance to like get they, the joke is Golden Guardians actually looked until the end of the playoffs like the most consistent LCS team even potentially more than the Cloud9 sometimes Cloud9 just has two players in Berserker and Blabber that's just better than everyone else in the leagues so I actually feel like if um, I, I do think the actual reality of Golden Guards, but I think they've got a very good chance of winning that game whoever they are and I think also yes the scheduling slightly tilts it to their favour but like I say to me as long as the team who comes out of this season finals for LEC is like actually good and they've kept up their shape and all this, there's a world where it can sort of not be too big a fact. Not
1: really. <laughs> nice it's, good. it's got caught nice. on the end that's just to be my surprise sorry rich your thoughts on the matter here i mean do you think there's an advantage either way yeah well go straight back to drinking his carbonate drink <laughs> no. so yeah. my my uh conclusion working
0: backwards was like as i put on twitter which is i know even though golden guardians are in theory not the fourth uh best lts team they're probably better than that um i do like to Project towards worlds of teams that can actually do something meaningful. So for me, if it's an SK or a BDS or whoever, and they play against Golden Guardians and they lose like three one in best of five, as a European enjoyer or whatever, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. I'm going to think, what big a deal, right? I'm going to thank fuck I don't have to watch fucking Nuclear in versus Chovy. (laughs) Like that's Mm going to be my big takeaway. So yeah, like first of all, like in the specificity of this instance. I don't care It's like my first take in terms of like the actual uh, how that would actually manifest. I would say, though, I think when it comes, I, I would say that Golden Guardians have the advantage because I believe what they will do or certainly what they have the opportunity to do if they want is essentially as soon as they found out what their fate was, they could just go to Korea. Because Riot also yes. changed it so the game is now going to be played in Korea because they yes, realized that's
2: significant. how yeah.
0: stupid it was. I think it was going to be played in LA originally, which was obviously ridiculous um so the EU yeah, team would have to... know if
2: the game now as far as I know is the day before the main plane it's just yeah. like the night yes, before exactly. so essentially now like what did you say is you could just start your boot camp today yeah exactly out, right?
0: so yeah in theory if they want to min max properly then I think the advantage yeah, is definitely true. with Golden Guardians because also the approach that teams to ha- have to scrims when they scrim the East for those that don't know is very different like they see it as you know an opportunity to basically info farm from the Asian team so I do think if Golden Guardians have like hopped on a plane last night or whatever, and they are do have a good scrim schedule, I would definitely say they have the advantage, because as Thorin said as well, they can still watch the games from EU also, so they can double dip that. Um, so yeah, I do think inherently it is unfair, let's say. Um, in terms of scheduling, I, I see no reason why at least in the with the Western teams they can't just sync that up better. Like, why the fuck not? They play the same weeks, they're just playing on different days, so the discrepancy should only be by a couple of days in theory and lcs has an inferior format to lec so just give na our format they're dying for viewership right now as well so that'll probably increase the viewership somewhat so yeah i would sync up at minimum those two formats in terms of like a global sync or something and be like yeah but what about lpr but like they just have too many teams and it's just so different that i don't think you could really do that realistically you'd have to expand like the LEC in the like nah. Like, at least not in the short term. But I do think they should adopt the LEC format and LCS next split. But I think that the LCS was ran better just on the singular aspect of when their season finished. Like this three-week break thing was just ridiculous for LEC. The teams had to keep scrimming. They had to stay active for three weeks. Like I think that just becomes very stale. I think it's one of these things where you could even regress potentially. Like if you're a team that was doing well with that many days of meaningless scrims, or well, not meaningless, but extended scrims after scrims after scrims. So, yeah, I think I, I definitely think LCS has has the advantage there, and I, I would say it's probably in their favor. And depending on who the fourth team is, I think ahead of time they're probably favored. I would imagine, assuming G two and XL dodge them, probably favorites against anyone else. You think Golden Guardians are the favorites? Yeah, probably. I yeah, I, I would. I would think so. I think they've probably shown a more consistently decent level of League of Legends than any of the other EU teams have shown. I think BDS showed a purple patch in spring where they had very good macro understanding, which seems to have disappeared a little bit. And then like Fnatic, obviously you can't trust at all. But if someone says, I get Apex Fnatic, yeah, sure, I I trust Apex Fnatic, but th- that doesn't exist. <laughs> There's no trustworthy version of Fnatic that exists right now. So yeah, I'd say Golden Guardians are almost certainly going to be favorites against whoever they play against
1: just real quick here don't want to get any anything in depth on this but just picking up on what you said about how uh, that that three week break teams can potentially even regress do you think that would influence your predictions for who actually makes makes it out of season finals or, or who is successful in the season finals at all
0: i would just say on that i think it it's a disadvantage for the teams who found a decent level which fortunately isn't that many of them but for a team like mad for example i'm not overly shocked that mad is like ramping up in scrims because they were rock bottom right like they're just more time probably the the amount of time they had to scrim Gave them a sense of belief that they could get there. If it was a one week turnaround, they'd be like, "Oh, fucking!" On Friday, we're yeah. gonna get bodied the teams on stage that again. To fix a lot of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. been Given time to so fix it. For XL, I actually think it's really bad. I actually think it makes a big difference. I think that if XL were playing a week after, they I'd favour them against anyone apart from G two. Now it's like I still probably would, but it's like way closer. Put it this way: if Mad beat XL three one, I'm not gonna be super shocked. i will be like, "Oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. They do have the better players." like they do and Max a good coach and he had three weeks to work with them like that that is going to be a a banger series probably I think a lot closer than people think
1: all right interesting stuff there I'm uh, curious to see how that's all going to develop there in the LEC but let's move on from Stinky League of Legends to beautiful Counter-Strike we all love this stuff Gamers 8 the um, tournament that's being held in Saudi Arabia as we speak um at the time of recording it's the quarterfinals right here um loads of big names still around navi vitality ends all that kind of all that kind of stuff um i just want to hear about the tournament what, what are your thoughts have you been watching it and keeping up to it i mean of course you've been watching and keeping up with it but what, what do you think is going to happen what are the results going to be there's still a lot to be predicted obviously so uh what's going to happen rich tell me yeah i'll just say at this very moment of recording uh
0: g2 just won their game but FaZe and VP haven't played yet so those are like the teams left in that Fox already said like Ents, Cloud9, Na'Vi, Vitality whatever um I think most likely I say most likely I I've got I've got Vitality taking this now like my the big thing for me was obviously when the the sort of uh, the last well not major I guess but the last big tier one tournament was obviously IEM and for me I get the whole uh you know ZywOo doesn't play particularly well or as it, as his uh, top level when he's like at the actual crunch ends of tournaments and so on but I think we also saw another anomaly which was G2 winning with the anchor that is Hooksy in similar situations and I do think it took irreplicable performances from Nico and that's not anything against Nico but I do think that the onus that was put on his other teammates were like Hefty as fuck. I don't think you can catch go by the way for anyone who didn't watch the series, go back and look at uh Hooksy's plus minus in that final, by the way. He is like a fat anchor on this team, and I think all his teammates stepped up massively. Hunter's just like inexcusably over the last I don't know how however long now become like the ultimate like 1v2 machine and just super fucking reliable fragger. And coupling with that, obviously with the much more reliable firepower like Nico and obviously Monessee, like Yeah, you do have a lot of carry potential there. And obviously, Hooksy's the in-game leader, so he's not as much expected of him. But I think you can't win back-to-back... Or I'd be very surprised if back-to-back tournaments with this bracket were one on the back of Hooksy being carried by his teammates. I just don't see it happening. I think you can't play 4v5 Counter-Strike reliably or consistently in 2023. So I am going to go with Vitality. And I'm banking on a Zywoo step-up because even though this is like... I would call it like a quasi tier one tournament because basically it's been fabricated out of nowhere. It's not a major. Yes, it has a big prize pool, but it basically just emerged out of the ground. It's like a bonus tournament almost at the end of Counter-Strike's life cycle, right? So I think there's almost in a weird way less pressure on Zywu and I'm actually expecting him to have a big rest of the tournament. So I'm going to side with Vitality on this one. Um, I think Na'Vi just, even in their last series against FURIA, they don't look There's just something not quite right with them. And also, I don't think Simple's playing at his absolute apex right now. So I I expect them to lose to Vitality later today um, at time of recording. And I'll say that Vitality run it from there. I'd shout out Ents, but honestly, I don't trust them. And for me, Heroic have never... Like, Heroic Heroic is kind of like the Andy Murray of Counter-Strike to me. Like, where they're a very good team with, like, a high floor... But I never really trust them when they play against like the big boy teams. The only advantage that Heroic have is we are not living in an Astralis era or a 2015 Fnatic era or a 2012 NIP era. Like There is no co- perpetually dominant team. So the Andy Murray is always going to make like, loads of Grand Slam semis and finals, but I don't trust him to win most of them. So yeah, I'll say I'll go Vitality, I think.
1: Okay, Vitality for you. Do you agree with that, Thorne? Or do you have a different... I do
2: think this is actually, I mean, the joke is one of the reasons why one of the major talking points in Counter-Strike is actually Richard Lewis's take from the end of last year, which is tied to the Huxley G2 angle, which is that essentially the very, very top end of the scene. It's not just that there's not a dominant team. It's it's like the Counter-Strike it's being played isn't like the greatest in history. It's like there's that you can see each of the teams has like a flaw at the top level. So as a result though, this tournament, that's actually why this tournament has like a weird novelty to it because it's all just best of three play. There's no extra tournament lines. It's old school. It's like an old school land. It's a single limb bracket. You play the best of threes. If you win four series, you win the tournament. If you don't, you don't win the tournament. So it's very old school. So in that sense, I actually do feel like it's wide open. I really do think this is a rare example of an event where even though plebs will try to tell you this every time because most people at least most do the Joe Rogan thing of, like, whoever's fighting the champion, this is always his most dangerous contender. And, you know, this time you could really lose. Like, I don't do that. Like, if there actually are real chances, I'll say. If they're not, if it's slam Dunk someone wins, I'll say that. I think right now there's, like, five or six teams could win this tournament for real. So, for me, it's essentially... I'll go through some of them quickly. Spoiler, at the end, I'll just tease it now. I'm going to also say Vitality at the end. But I'll go around the houses a little bit. So, for example, on paper... Heroic can absolutely win this tournament. One of the saddest things about watching Heroic play Counter-Strike is they actually, like, in terms of, like, fundamental understanding of the game, is probably the best team in Counter-Strike. And it's why it's so sad to me, because I've always said this, the reason why in a fucked up way I wanted them to win that last major, is so that if CSGO ended and someone came to me in two years and was like, what was CSGO like? I could say, just watch the last major, see the team that won, heroic. Like They didn't have the best players, but look at how they played the game. That is how Counter-Strike was played. You play as a team, you use the utility in the game, you use positioning, you use communication. They're all from the same country. They have all the classic te- checkmark boxes. Their problem, though, and it's always been their problem, is they don't have a Zewoo or a Simple or an ego. They don't have that one player that, like, even though people think it's a sports ball take, the reason why, I, it's the other way around in my That's opinion, the reason why sports ball is all like that, like, but the hero's going to do it, is because I've always said this, teams win like series but a player can win you a game that's the thing if you have like simple he can just win you a game that you have no business winning and that is that will over time that will be an extra championship final major appearance so the problem is they rock don't have that player and at the moment the joke is you can tell even they if they were given a truth serum would probably admit like we might choke the tournament. Like you can tell they don't even know they will. So I can't bet on you if there's too much uncertainty in that sense. I think actually probably the massive sleeper is the new cloud nine lineup. Like there's a world where if that just clicks, this raw mechanical ability of the team means they could fuck around and win the event. Like I don't even know if they're gonna have their style down, but they just have such exceptional players that they're a dark horse. Ents is a bit kind of in the heroic category, kind of like Richard's saying here. I think they're again a fabulous team, great map. Pool really under rated players they even they're this close to having it like there's some pious guys basically just a big game player but if the nerds guy ever gets to the level of his fellow countryman spinks who used to be in this team then they'll win tournaments but the problem is for me they're right on that cusp of like i think they're going to be gatekeepers um everyone knows i'm a massive face stand, but the problem is they're just too inconsistent at the moment they really do want the ceiling to do it but it's hard to rely on them to win two series and roll the moment there. and there's no room for error he can't lose once so i'm going to come all the way back around and I'm, and I'm not picking g2 like as rich pointed out there the real problem with this is this isn't even difficult statistical analysis guys one the eye test says it's just people fragging like the things nico does on t-side i've nothing to do with hooks i'll tell you that right now and then secondly The firepower of the team is crazy. Like, I always say this on paper, JKS is the fourth best player. There are tournaments where he posts like stats that would be the MVP of the whole tournament. In fact, he even has been like MVP level. So, to me, like, they have an embarrassment of riches, as the old cliched saying goes. So, the problem with that is they essentially need everyone to frag out, then they can win tournaments. So, that could happen, but I can't rely on that. I can't bet like four people will frag out. So, I'm going to come all the way back around. I'm going to say vitality, and I'm going to tie all the analysis together. Even though they are as different, Vitality from the one that won the major. This isn't the one with Dupree. You can see that some of the spots, some of the maps aren't as good. The, the raw ability of the team is still there. They have some fabulous players. And Zemu on paper is the best player in Counter-Strike. And I can, like Rich said, I'll bring it all the way back to the original analysis. I also do get the vibe, even though the money and the scale looks massive for this tournament, it ain't the same as your cologne. And people sort of know that. So it's actually, by the way, in that sense, I also do think if you're someone like Zimu, you're not going to choke here, mate. You're just, you're just going to play your game. And if you're good, you're going to win. And so you'll he'll probably be the MVP of the tournament. So I'll say Vitality.
1: All right, both of you going for vitality there. Um but it looks like it was it's pretty up in the air. And that that's quite yeah. exciting honestly. I don't think we've had kind of that that sort of uh a good way to send off CSGO at least before CS2. By the way,
2: I have always said this as well. Even though like this wouldn't be one of my favorite formats like a single limb bracket with no extra I, I do like the variety though like I like it if you chuck one in every now and then like, if, like there's only going to be one of these this year it'll be kind of a cool angle you know you don't want every tournament like that but it can be fun because for example in this one the, re- the the other crazy component about this tournament is because it's a single elim bracket and the and the way it was seeded looks a bit eh, I don't know like the bomb half the brackets insanely stacked so also it's really hard to know we'll even be in the final in that sense.
0: Yeah, I think that for me, this the sad thing, even though they've had like periods where they've actually like overachieved in the past versus what they had. The sad thing for me is looking at like all these teams, as you said, like lots of strengths and weaknesses, basically on every team is that if Ents now, like the Sunpires iteration events still had Spinks, I think they'd be, they'd or probably be, be my favorite. They'd be the best yeah. team in the world, I think. So it's yeah. uh it's just a bit sad how that, how that
1: panned out. All right, let's let's talk a little bit more still about Gamers Eight, but not so much about the uh, results of the tournament itself, but the somewhat controversy surrounding it as an entity. Gamers Eight obviously is being held in Riyadh, in Saudi Arabia, and uh, yeah, Saudi Arabia, you know, there's esports plus Saudi Arabia. It's it's kind of a hot topic, I guess you could say, of uh, current current debates, um, but mostly because of Saudi Arabia not being a particularly inclusive uh, place to be and slight potential human rights issues and whatnot. And all of these organizations getting in bed with uh, with Saudi Arabia it seems more and more becoming more and more frequent. The most recent one being, one of the most recent ones being Team Liquid. Uh, they got themselves in hot water as uh, they apologized for being involved in this uh, Saudi Arabia event, uh, but they monetized their apology. Uh, They they had a lot of interesting things to say about it in general, you know, how it's kind of impossible to not be in bed with the Saudis and their esports influence is very widespread and whatnot. Um, What I wanna know from you guys is, what would you do in the shoes of one of the GMs of these esports organizations? Do you think it is as impossible to avoid as they say? Do you think that's maybe just code for we like the money that's involved? Uh, do you think there's a way to navigate this? Or would you, you know, do you have to get involved? Do you not get involved? Or would you get involved in this way? Uh, I don't know, like, is it just a rock and a hard place for esports at this point? Dorian, tell me, what would you do for your Saudi influence with your esports org?
2: I think I've got a really unique angle that people I could expect on this. Because one thing that I've noticed always goes misunderstood. It's the same thing, Rich, as, to, as to why it's so boring that even though every random person who's heard my name on the internet thinks they know my opinion about women's tournaments, right? Let's see if Rich knows, right? Rich, which would the answer be? Have I always been for or against women's only tournaments? Which would you guess?
0: Uh hmm. I would no one say, knows right i would Everyone say i'm i'm gonna say four
2: Yeah, the joke is I have always been for, and in fact, I was one of the people that actually pioneered some of the famous reasons as to why you can explain to people who don't want women's tournaments that they're not a big deal. Like, for example, it doesn't come up the same budget. In fact, the budget itself is ideologically driven, and therefore, the budget is only there. Essentially, the question is, do you want some free tournaments for some of the women to play in or nothing? And to me, that's a very simple slam dunk choice. I don't even have to take one second to think about that. So similarly, though, this will shock people. But are you ready? This is going to blow your mind. I don't really give a flying fuck what Saudi Arabia does in their country or thinks about other people themselves, the relationship with women. I don't actually care at all about that topic. I don't, by the way, I don't necessarily like it. I wouldn't choose to go there. I don't necessarily want to work in Saudi Arabia or with Saudi Arabians. But like, for example, to me, there's not an enormous difference between other places where wars are going on in the world or countries where a lot of like financial corruption take i don't really give that much of a fuck to me like wrong is wrong and it's not about like certain policies or people like i'm I'm against like being a dick to people in general anyway whether it's in america or the uk or whatever it is so essentially my point the reason i bring that up though is because what people don't get is I've never had any opinion even on that topic. Like, I don't think if if no one's ever read my Twitter, I've done like 120,000 tweets, guys. When have I ever tweeted my opinion about, like, sexuality? When have I ever tweeted, like, this is the good part of sexuality, this is bad. When have I ever done... The joke is you don't even know if you're watching now what my opinion is. That's what an amazing job I've done as a commentator and, like, a journalist, like, giving, like, takes that seem like I address that, and then on the other hand, giving some of my own flavour as an entertainer. So I'll say is this. If I had my own team org, even though his name is verboten now i actually think carlos nailed the vibe which is We're a fucking sports team. Like, why have we got any opinion on politics? Like, let's just play sports. Be good at it. Let's have fun. Also, I'll add in, there is that, like, Michael Jordan angle. Like, everyone says it like it's an indictment. You know what he said that line when he goes, like, Republicans buy shoes too. I always thought, what a fucking shrewd thing to say. He essentially understood, like, uh, my job and what I'm known for is really good at basketball. What the fuck? I'm not Martin Luther King. What do I have to do with, like, civil rights and stuff? And also, why would I, like, put my career and all my decisions? as like the, i'm like the lever that's going to turn all of society now that's that's almost a bit too self-indulgent so all i would say at the outset of my org is let's just shut the fuck up and do sports let's just be, listen let's have loads of opinions and fun things about the game like the g2s that will do with the banter vibe but let's just stay out of politics and the reason why this take's going to surprise people is this that doesn't go against any of my personal ethics at all because essentially here's the best take the joke is you know all those Western orgs? I've proven this through my career and through Twitter and all the videos I've done exposing people. They don't actually believe any of the progressive shit either, you idiots. The joke is, in the West, since in the modern day, esports teams don't actually generate profit. They don't make money. They are just exercises at the moment in marketing. Even a Western org in a Western tournament is, by definition, just actually like a node in a fucking like network of influence and marketing. So the joke is, if you're in the West, this is something a lot of people won't get. This is why it's actually quite a key segment I'm explaining here. You and know people go like, why do they all go bloody walk? For the same reason why they have to do the Saudi shit. Essentially, whoever pays sets the agenda and all you do is mirror slash amplify that agenda. So I don't actually, here's the real joke of it all. Beyond what they've said, which is completely contradictory, the actual behavior of Team Liquid being in America and going, wow, American values and all these companies, isn't this wonderful? And then going to Saudi Arabia and going, wow, Saudi Arabia's paying, they have all the money in the fight." It's the same thing to me. I don't even really find it that jarring. I'm not, I've known these people long enough. I'm not at all shocked that they'll just change to better news. Essentially, whoever p- flips the coin picks the tune, don't they? Like They're not really particularly picky in that regard. My problem, to bring it all the way back, which we can address a bit on this topic, I guess at some point is. My issue is just when you overtly say or signal that you believe in this one thing and it's so important to you, but then your actions show like, oh no, you're just like the rest of them as well. You'll just sell out and do forever as the money. Yeah, you you know, whoever, like I say, whoever flicks the coin they pick the tune, don't they? So my issue is just that one. I just don't like the hypocrisy of it all. Like, I actually don't think it's that unusual and I think quite frankly, Team Liquid even though they sort of got away with this because they, they did a very good job with how they messaged it in a way like they did it in a way where it didn't have any like, they didn't fall par, they didn't fuck up they didn't say the wrong thing they sort of got away with it but the joke is they didn't even have to say anything because all these orgs are gonna go this way like this I don't know why people are acting like this is like a battleground and people are seeding so it's gone the, the, the wall was lost in the second the ESL got bought by the Saudis like you saw the neon one was like people thought it's a bit like the LCS walkout as long as it doesn't cost me anything I'll do some as a gesture but the second it's actually like for real do you want this billion or not everyone's just gonna shut the fuck up and take the money everyone so, I, by the way, I would as well in that analogy, because the analogy would be, if I'm not into that, I probably shouldn't have a Team Org anyway. We're going to have to do this with America. By the way, you can even say as well, and this is a valid point when people bring it up, it's just it doesn't work to say it against Richard Lewis, because he also brought this up, which is if you want to make it not just about the Saudis, you know all the Western Orgs, including the Team Liquids of the world, have no problem working in tournaments where the US Air Force sponsors it, for example. Like, I mean, a lot of people who aren't American could be offended by that, right? That seems pretty fucked. And guess what? The human right to, I don't know, be alive in a country that isn't American that seems like a human right that might be being violated so I think it is a tricky topic and it's one of those ones where to me, like I say I try to just figure out what would be the consistent position for me, it's not what I want necessarily but if you're going to do business in the team org I think you probably at this point have to take money from China, Saudi Arabia, USA, all of them by the way, you can even throw it if you want to if it's just all shit Russia, we all used to take the money from them with the betting sponsors, you know
1: What about you, Rich? Do you think it's kind of just esports has resigned to its to its fate at this point so or, i'm gonna uh, go
0: in like a completely different direction but i would first say that i would like it to be like officially coined the frankie ward whenever anyone like okay. puts out in public their worldview or whatever and then immediately right. betrays it that's your you did a frankie like you did a frankie ward i want that to catch on i think i think she's deserving of that um i would just say what well, to, to finish up what thorin uh threw in at the end like the thing is all these people who are drawing lines where it's like you have a franchise league with riot and blizzard a chinese company that made the game and an american organization that fucking runs esports like you're already in bed with the devil like so that's like going to riyadh or not and then virtue signaling around that is just absurd at that point um and again it, it, and the thing is, if someone then wants to describe why they agree with one and not the other, you've kind of already lost me because you're about to describe two different forms of evil and why you subscribe to one and not the other. It's like, yes. okay. Uh, but no, in, in terms of what I would do, or I shouldn't say would do, but I would heavily consider doing is actually the opposite. And I would all in potentially, again, I don't know if any VC company would be willing to take this risk with me, but I would go like, full fucking woke it's like a business strategy because esports is like a notorious play and by the way when i say woke i don't mean changing my fucking avatar to like a rainbow or some shit i mean coming out immediately and saying i will not work with these companies these companies i will own- and if that means i'm limited and can only work in these niche areas so be it which okay. big non-endemic companies want to get on my fucking I am pro everything progressive train, uh, train. and by the answer oh, by the same, way the right, answer is so you're
2: like the lightning yeah. rod for all the not, all the walk companies to sponsor, and the answer right? is everybody would get on board might, by the way actually, yeah. if I
0: can get financial yeah. backing and I say look Rocket League like, you know or, or Counter Strike games where I can pick and choose the open circuit places I go to and choose to participate and I'm constantly pushing this message and this agenda I fucking guarantee you the likes of Nike and so on want to get in bed with me I guarantee oh. it because all these other teams they will want to have their cake and eat it. And that is like a big issue. You're like issue. the protest
2: thoughts sort of.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, Team Liquid, they do all the like, talk about how they gave some money to some LGBT... Co- who gives a fuck? You can't do that and then go to Riyadh. That's oh. like Jordan Henderson, for anyone who doesn't know. He was famous for doing all this pro-LGBT yeah. stuff. He's just taken the fucking gravy train to Saudi as well, Not by the it. way, two weeks ago. Like... If you betray your morals and you don't have consistency, then not only do you sort of get all the eye rolls, but all the super progressive non-endemic companies, and remember, Silicon Valley is incredibly left-leaning, it's incredibly liberal, and that's where all the fucking money is, at least in America, or at least in the West, right? If we're, you know, not talking about Saudi or whatever, I am milking all that fucking money. I am taking all the non-endemic sponsorship. (laughs) I'm all inning on this shit. And I think that is actually one of the only ways you could potentially make a profitable business by fully activating, especially during a global recession, the money from the super wealthy non-endemics okay. to like hone in on that angle. So yeah, now that's that's what I would do, or at least that is a, a area I would explore doing it. Because if I want to like the worst is as you say if you fall in the middle and you're like you're pretending to be like progressive but you want to attend the big tournaments and you're constantly having to retroactively apologize like it's just a big fucking mess and like obviously the way you get around that is if you are a liquid and you are at like the s tier in most game titles so you can still maintain interest and blah blah blah. but how much vc money is it going to cost you to fucking build up your brand and your competitive teams to match liquid at this point in time as well like It's just a disaster so again bearing in mind that the job of a gm essentially or the the guy who's running the esports division is you know you are meant to do right by your board members you are meant to make it as good a business as possible that would be the angle i would legitimately go for and it would fit loosely let's say obviously i don't agree with a whole bunch of shit, which would be classed as like very woke or whatever but generally speaking I am liberal, generally speaking. I am against, you know, lots of things that go on in Saudi and America, by the way, and China, by the way, and indeed the fucking UK. Like, most modern-day political, even democratic societies are pretty fucked up. But I think that would be also the best way where I could be most consistent with my own worldview, even if it's, you know, gone a bit too far the other way, whatever. So, yeah, that'd that'd be my angle.
1: It basically just seems...
0: Oh, and by the way, sorry, once I'd reached the top of the mountain on this, you know, project that I'm doing, then I would reiterate things such as the Frankie Wardism. because then who is anyone going to question me? Like, the most morally consistent person of all time in esports, right? At that point, if I am actively saying, keep your fucking millions, I don't want them, fuck off Saudi, fuck off Riot, fuck off Blizzard, then I have the ultimate power... To just actually shit on everyone who is a fake liberal, like Frankie Ward, like Frost Gorin, and I am the king of the mountain, who is the ultimate arbiter of morality in esports, and that would be my official org title as well. I think. Like the you know, yeah.
2: technically, you- by the way, Frost Gorin was a trendsetter because she was the first one to do that thing of just delete your whole Twitter account. <laughs> they call about Jameson following suit. There you go. Yeah. It's becoming a thing now, kids. By the way, that's actually sad now. but all think about that. All those great tweets. Well. <laughs> all those tweets lost to history we'll never posterity will never know what she tweeted
1: Got to be do you honestly somewhere. do you think you could reach the top of the virtue virtuous mountain by not taking any money from any of the big players in the esports you think you'd get recognized you know what would get me in trouble is virtuous my England? mouth
0: because the thing is I wouldn't be able to like I'm still <laughs> there's obviously I, I hate political ideologies in general. Like, I would never subscribe and say, like, if I was an American, I'd never be like, I am a Democrat or I am a Republican. Yeah. Because to me, it's, it's like so signing up to a religious creed where half the bullet points are fucking retarded. Like, I just wouldn't do it. But so, yeah, I'm bound to tweet something from someone on my side of the aisle. And I'm like, this guy's a fucking idiot. This is stupid. This is way too far. I don't support adding, you know, 100 fucking plus signs to this movement or whatever. Like, I'm going to get in trouble. So, no, probably it wouldn't work but that would be the
1: dream <laughs> it's a, right it's a fun thought experiment exactly seeing, <laughs> seeing rich as the ceo of the. but you know of, what's of hilarious the virtuous, by the way we've talked about this before but like
0: words. everyone who like is sort of loosely aware of me but that doesn't know me too well what they always immediately like try and label me like right wing because it's just become this thing where it's like oh if you say anything that's edgy or basically if you're mm. ever like overtly negative against anything that isn't like I don't know, a political group that's apparently oppressing a particular group of people, then you're just right wing. Like uh, so That's just like 2023 in like a nutshell, though. It's like people wouldn't even buy it, even though most of my political positions and social positions are actually fairly like sort of liberal or whatever. People just probably wouldn't buy it anyway. So I'd probably never get it off the ground. I doubt I could even, you know, convince Silicon Valley people and their beanbags to get on board. So...
2: By the way, the real thing that's so silly about this whole topic, like Team Liquid is a classic example. It's the real reason they had to do that apology is the problem with this one is EG did a very similar thing, so I'll probably get the details confused. Essentially, I'm not 100% sure exactly which one was which, but I know that between the two of them, I believe it was like... I think it was that one of them, I think EG was maybe the one where they overturned the Roe v. Wade thing, which if people don't know, just meant that federally abortion wasn't legal. It was like it bent individually based on states. Spoiler, the entire premise of how America was supposed to run, but okay. So there was that one. I think that might have been EG. And then I think what Team Liquid did was a similar one where it was maybe something to do with, I think it was like when Florida did that thing where in schools you couldn't like... I can't remember if it's, you couldn't like what it it's when they claimed it was the don't say gay thing but it wasn't actually that. it was more like I think certain books couldn't be shown or something yeah. when these two things happened, Team Liquid and AG, I think it was that way around both essentially did like public tweets where they went out of their way to involve themselves in this political thing in America that has nothing to do with gaming and both of them did tweets along the lines of I think Liquid's was along the lines of saying how like they were uncomfortable there was going to be like LCS finals there in the States which already is mental by the way because you're making it like here's the funny thing The the real question is this, no one ever talked about this one though, is if these countries were these nightmare despotic, like fucking like, like they make it sound like you go to the Death Star or something, mate. Like if it was that bad, then how could we all just fly there and play at a fun video game tournament and leave with no harm? Like that, that in itself asks the question of like, doesn't that imply our industry doesn't interact with any of the normal people? We are essentially just like a, a band that flies in, plays the gig and fucks off. We don't really have anything to do with the locals. So in the same sense, right? They made it sound like, oh, we don't even wanna have to go to an event in Florida. and then for real had the maddest one. They said that essentially if people even from other esports orgs wanted to flee from states that didn't allow abortion they would like house them. Dude, they were making it sound like you were like a refugee of America at this point in time. So the problem is if you say all that and then go but catch us next week at the tournament in Riyadh in Saudi <laughs> you just sound like a moron is all. It's not even like it's that crazy hypocrisy. Like it's obvious what you're doing is you, when, it, when push comes to shove you do whatever you're told but when you when you have, there's no cost you just say what you want to be thought of as how you are the problem is you just seem so hysterically stupid it's why richard nailed it in that like swiftian parody he did about this topic the one that was called how i learned to stop worrying and love the bag in the early parts he has this part where he says like you know i'm sure you all wonder like why i've used my social media account to like talk about american politics but you have to understand there was a literal fascist in the white house it's like that level of hysterical like way of phrasing it is what these people have done but then they do turn around and unlike Ironically, don't just go to the country. The maddest one about the Saudi one everyone misses is this one detail. And if you understand this detail, you'll understand why it's a big deal. This isn't like, if you go to America to a tournament, right? Let's imagine, I'll pick a random people like ESL. ESL doesn't actually have a connection to the government of America, though, is it? Like It's a German company owned now by Saudis who put on a tournament that happens to take place within America. If you go to this event in Saudi Arabia, it is literally funded by the government of Saudi Arabia, who is the royal family. Like, I think people keep, they keep doing this really mad whataboutism on that one, where they make it sound like there's no distinction. Like, what's the difference between just going to a country having an event? and going and joining literally the people you say doing all that's the problem. The real issue is there's just no separation in Saudi Arabia. Like, like, if people don't know, this is why I think some of the admissions people make are mad. Frankie herself, when she later talked about why she would and wouldn't work in these countries, she also went for blast to, I think United Arab Emirates, Emirates, I think it was Dubai. Dude, she on camera, like actually fucking interviewed one of those princes, like Prince (laughs) Faisal or something like, like, is it brought? do you have any level of separation between this topic and you like and that's now like if you go to america they'll actually make you go to guantanamo bay and interview some guy like torturing a fucking guy with no human rights did they like in this analogy the joke is she's actually just going like and anyway now over to uh, like actual middle eastern hitler guy like give me a break <laughs> like you know what i mean like, you haven't made any fucking. You, you make yourself look silly when you do that like i don't even think it's the end of the world but you just look silly don't you why are you doing that
0: but also by the way do you think the Gamers Eight tournament's been massively affected by viewership because of Riyadh? Of no, course, of course not. not. Do you think that any of these fans Nothing that actually care, like this, is what's crazy? Is we're talking about organizations who ultimately, when push comes to shove, will accept the billion dollars, right, or Gosh. whatever it is? Fans don't even have a stake. All they have to decide Warna. is: Do I want to watch the game, or do I boycott it? There's no money involved.
2: There's nothing. Even that. That's why we all need on some level to admit. We all, on an actual, like, functional nuts and bolts level, none of us care. And the reason why I say that is, like, I, I watched the World Cup. Yep. I, like, I would probably agree that oh, not weird, is what they're doing in Qatar. Like, that's not watched it. Who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. I'm, what am I going to do? Not watch it. <laughs> exactly.
0: Like, <laughs> exactly. No money involved. Literally, how are you yes, going to great. spend the next 45 minutes yeah. of your life watching fucking Map 3 between G2 or not saying, no, I won't?
2: Yeah. I bet you all agreed. fucking watch
0: it, don't you? So did I. Brilliant. But I so won't
2: say that just feels so silly doesn't it like I wish for real no joke I know this sounds like a naive thing to say I wish we could all just agree now to hop in a time machine go back 10 years and just not do any of this what was it all for literally we've, we've actually for real ruined people's lives and careers and stuff over this and at the end everyone sold out anyway and we all just turned on the World Cup and ESL and right what was it all for it was just a fucking stupid it was literally just a stupid anti-popularity contest essentially we just weeded out all the bit we didn't like for the most spurious reasons ever it turns out I think Meanwhile, as well when you just had a bunch of awesome esports just go back in time, bring everyone back. When, when you
1: really, the, the, the issue I, I have with it as well is when you really nitpick at it, when it push comes to shove. Have, have any of you two seen The Good Place? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. on Netflix, right? Essentially, when push comes to shove, you're all doing fucked up shit, yes. right? Like there is no way to not be in bed with the devil if you're in a capitalist society with, with the way things with the way things are it, it, it just almost seems like if you re- if you just want to go down that that path then everyone's an asshole. you're playing a game well counter strike not so much but let's say with league of legends you're playing a game made by riot who's owned by tencent who's in bed with the chinese government like everyone why why are you even playing league of legends you fascist yeah like it's just it's such a difficult thing to navigate around, especially on the internet, which just seems to have exacerbated everything oh, when it comes of course, to this yes, of course. I just, I just don't know what the solution is really. And I, I don't know where it's at because at some point you, you obviously do want to, I think at least it is important. You, you know, for you to have morals and, and, and say things like, you know what I really, th- this, this is really not good. This is bad. You know, you guys are enslaving people. You're like, you know, huge abuses of human rights. You're not welcoming welcoming of certain individuals. Um, this is this is no bueno. We don't like this. We want to have morals and we want to talk about, like, this is important. This, this does suck. This is not good. Objectively speaking, everyone would agree this is not good. But how, how do you balance that between not getting involved with, with it you know not getting involved with like the Saudis or with the Chinese or or whatever it's and what is
0: an acceptable degree of separation as well it's like I do not I am no longer like working with riot or whatever but I represent people who play for organizations that work with Riot. Riot. does that mean I'm squeaky clean technically I would not be making that revenue stream if Riot didn't exist so I am making like by proxy for another proxy like where does it stop right but then you can get ridiculous with it and be like Well, because you were born and still live in a country that, you know, is anti uh, gay people or whatever. If you're in one of the Middle Eastern countries, does that make you a bad person? If you didn't move country, if you didn't have the means to move, like where does it start and end? And yeah, people obviously get ridiculous of that in esports. But what I, as I would say before, I'd take advantage of the ludicrous levels of hypocrisy and just go full Mm. woke as a brand and have all these fucking idiots at the top of capitalist society. Just give me all their money. And go for that angle. I'm actually surprised that no one did this, by the way. The closest thing that ever came to it, I guess, was like FlyQuest when they went for this sort of like weird, like vegan, uh, save the planet vibe thing, I guess, whatever it was they were going for. But they gave up on that, didn't they? I'm pretty sure they've already given up on that and like rebranded like and that wasn't even extreme. The way you get those Silicon Valley dollars, I reckon, is you just go full fucking woke. I might even call it like Team Woke. Why not? That is the stupidest thing
2: if you think about with eSports. It's like all of modern eSports is like Quickly patching over like the foundation, which is actually like Rich is applying here. The idea of like the FlyQuest marketing—it's it, like if you know this with term—that just looks astro It's like no one, nobody's a fan of any of that stuff. Who's a fucking League of Legends fan? of yeah. I mean, like, like like you're saying, Rich, like that's for something for like a someone's fifty-year-old wine aunt from like fucking California or something. Like, I can see why she'd be into that in her spare time. But like the actual meme of like this is where the almost almost the meme itself—it's where I'm talking now. Like I'm fucking Marcus Aurelius. And glad yet like the idea of Rome rich it used to exist <laughs> it used to be all the stuff of like the 360 no scope lol headshot like MLG swag I'm drinking monster Energy. it's all that shit wasn't it it was like all like being a not just a little brat like we've all just like pretended that esports is the exact opposite demographic of what it is like that's actually fucked up in itself because I'll tell you the one thing to bring it back to this point though that actually I did learn from this that kind of shocked me because I have certain things where I can be a little bit naive too which is I get why like people like Frank Like if people don't know, we're all from the UK, so it's no surprise to us. Like, I'm not even I don't even hate Frankie if people know, because if you if you ever meet her for ten minutes, she's a very specific archetype in the UK. Like she is just the definition of a guardian reader, if you don't know what that means. Yeah. Like she is the person where she doesn't by the way, she doesn't even know super duper loads about the topic she's talking about. That's just sort of something that's come onto her radar, probably from like a guardian type article online. She's read it in like a coffee break. Her brain's gone, like, well, you know, it's obvious which because if you don't know, like it's obviously very, <laughs> it's very loaded way of writing. Like she's going to go, well, this is the right thing to say I'm against or for or whatever. And she just said it. But the reason why that's sad is right? I get why someone like her is doing it essentially like a teenager switches band t-shirts. Like you don't have to really be the biggest fan of that band ever to wear the t-shirt for one night. The one that did shock me though, for real, was the people who themselves openly identify as gay and trans and non-binary, because that actually shocked me because these people have gaslit us now for 10 years that they are in a community based on what they do sexually. Right? Now I've always found that weird. Because to me, surely the community angle only exists when you're fighting for these rights. Like, that's the only connecting factor between these people is what they do sexually. Aside from that, they can come from any country, any church. Like, everything could be different. There like, could be no other connecting factor. Well, the reason that they've sort of actually shown with their actions some of these people, because I'm shocked that dude, they are actually people that, who identify like that who are openly working at this event and going to the event. Like, because those are the people who did tell us that. It's a community and essentially they're like brothers and sisters are being killed. Like I thought those are the people. Like, look, anyone else can take the money, but surely you can't. Because surely yeah. for you to take the money, you're, you are almost co-signing that bro. You're almost saying I'm cool with it as long as you pay me. Like, I know it'll sound mad because everyone else is like, well, they're all full of shit. It's like, but I actually, I actually was almost shocked by some of those ones, bro. I thought some of those would be the holdouts. Like essentially it is the Frost going of the world. She's not obviously working this way it's not the new League of Legends, but if if someone like her had gone, that is actually on, on brand with what the rest of them are doing, which is really shocking. Like it's one thing whether you believe it or not, but to actually go and work there is wild. Holy shit. Yeah. Because it almost implies you don't believe it's real, right, or you don't care. You just don't care, straight up. It's like, the what? I will say
1: though, and maybe like a rounding out point about yeah. this: the best, the best thing about all of this is literally pictures of B-list esports players, like regional league, League of Legends esports players. Lit, and I shit you not, it's almost like a parody, and I love it uh, in full. Who, who, who have in yep. full? Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know what it's oh, called. No. Like. Arabian kind of yeah whatever uh, like nomadic outfit yeah uh, exactly yeah the thingy literally riding on camels as part of the perks of being that's at least funny I'll give a props that is for Arabia I just think it's like we've come that far like it's you know f- two years ago three years ago oh maybe it's out Saudi Ravens looking to get involved in the esports Oh, they covered into League of Legends Two fast forward two years down the line you've got your fucking big brother level celebrities but as esports players
2: oh by the way one On last camera. thing I should chuck in very briefly is this there is one thing that is really dishonest though which is and team look at themselves tried to do this a little bit it's where they make it they flip the dynamic and instead of it being that you're the sellout because you've taken the money from the people you said are evil and you're now co-signing and working with them, they flip it. Like, no, no, what we're doing is the other way around. Like I'm saying, if they work with me, they have to like move closer to my position. And that definitely is not what happens here because like for a start off, if you look actually at like the team, Liquid's apologies, they do their best never to again, actually call out the human rights violations. They just, they're very careful with the language you'll notice. So the sad thing is you could argue that they potentially could do that, but here's why I also knew that would never happen, Rich, ever because I can tell you right now, Actually, people like the Saudis and the Chinese are really pissed that people in the West keep doing this, by the way. Because I'll tell you, when I went to events in China, one of the reasons if I didn't know the stuff, like looking into things Richard told me, I would have never known about this, is you'll never see that if you go to Shanghai. Like, you live in a bubble, bro. It's like, you may as well be at the Potemkin Village in the Soviet Union. Like, you'll be in the best hotels. You'll be in the center of like Shanghai or Beijing. You'll be in some amazing metropolis. Everyone will be super lovely to you, by the yeah. way. Like, I'll guarantee you all these people go to the games there I'll bet everyone's being lovely to me. we're talking about like get arranging camel rides literally at go to the top of that like i think it's in dubai but go to the top of the big stadiums and towers and shit like the problem is to them they actually think we're pricks because of this because their logic is yeah. like essentially we just do that to our people we're not going to do it to you but then we're all being dicks like like hysterically what are you doing what the hell your country's fucked up so i can tell you like there's there's a mad disconnect there like we never if there's one thing we're never doing in my opinion it's actually influencing them i think it's the other way i think it's a one-way street on that one for me
0: but also like why don't if you're going to take the team liquid angle which is to retroactively say look guys it's like impossible to work outside." why don't you just as soon as it's obvious the money's coming in from the east just put something out immediately saying Our position on X, Y, Z is that we do not agree with blah, blah, blah. But we will not be addressing this going forward. We are an eSports team. We try and stay out stay out of politics. And we're going to attend these events. And we will not address this again that's it. You have our position. You can go fucking look at it like two years down the line if you want. And then brilliant. You never have to address it again. You don't have to, have to apologize. If anyone really does put you on the spot and says, what do you think of this going on? It's like, I wrote about that a fucking year ago, mate. Like it's all in black and white. I don't need to address it again. And then you'll never get in a new controversy. The worst thing that ever happens is someone might reference that a, a, a initial statement every now and then. Yes, brilliant. Instead of it- having your cake and eating it every time, like I'm going to put the rainbow flags up uh, first day of the month every single time yes. i'm gonna fucking send my yes. team to this site and they say oh my god i, I didn't realize that uh, oh this year yemen's being bombed but oh yeah uh, I, I i also like esports like just fucking put one statement out say this is who we are we don't get involved in end of story easy like I basically think the that-
2: lesson if you've never seen the videos where i wreck people in industry on this topic 99% of the ammo is just supplied by them <laughs> i yeah. don't even it's not secret shit i even find just their tweets just stop tweeting about the topic basically
1: yeah, it, it's the dis. It's a disingenu. Is that the word? Disingenuousness. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh, it, it reminds me, and this is this is going back. This this is this is going way back, and it's a little bit off topic to esports, but it's 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 relevant in. It's the same concept. When Twitch was really struggling with policy on what women could wear when they're streaming, right? Yes. And it essentially came down to a lot of streamers were wearing very in clothing, doing quite sexually suggestive things, and the the argument of the female streamers were you know we shouldn't be able to police what we can wear we should be able to wear what we want uh you know that that kind of thing that's that's the argument and i just thought it was so disingenuous it's like you're clearly selling sex as you're like um not, not selling sex specifically but like sex appeal sex appeal you're like you're going to the mechanism yeah exactly. yeah you are yeah and like the question is, you shouldn't like I just it's so disingenuous for you to say oh you shouldn't be controlling we can wear we can wear whatever we want if you're sexualizing us that's your problem it's like no just you know you're sexualizing you're you're you're, you're fronting sex appeal that that is your brand that is what you're doing to get viewers and the question shouldn't be whether or not you're doing it and you know tweet, uh, twitch policing what you're wearing it's you know you should be arguing for yes we're doing it but it should be okay like, don't just skirt around the fact that you're doing it. Admit that you're doing it, and then argue for that to be okay. Because that's perfectly fine. If you want to wear a low cut top and like use sex appeal uh, as 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 something to get viewers on Twitch, that's fine. At least admit that you're doing it, and then argue that it should be okay to do. And I think it's a similar thing for esports. Like, it just feels disingenuous. Like, like esports all arguing, "Oh no, we're not in bed with the south. Oh no, we're no, but we're not. Oh, but we're we are it's like no, just say, okay. You're, you're taking money from the Saudis. Admit that you're doing that, and then say, but we still believe in in rights, and then try and find a way to, you know, to still involve your your human rights stuff while taking money from Saudis. And that's like, where I think, I think you can try and do both. And that's or where Carlos try. fucked up as well, by the way, because if he's been
0: fully on brand, he should have just said on the Saudi stuff like oh, whatever, like, whatever's best for G2, fuck everyone else kind of thing. But instead, he made the mistake that Frankie made as well of being like, I will never take Saudi money. And then he literally goes and does paid appearances in Saudi. Like, that's where the issues get in. And by the way, on the thing you said as well, Fox, it's like the uh, Twitch then do the ultimate classic Twitch half measure, which is, nope, we don't allow this. By the way, there's a new category, hot hot top streams. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And then it's like people literally just putting a fucking padley pool to loophole the fucking system like it's so stupid yes. like all these people are just like competing to like who is doing the best version of like a fake liberal that is yes. like the internet now it's like how can i best pretend to be a fake liberal and have my cake and eat it and still cash in
1: that's it it's a sad state of affairs to be honest and i i want to I, I just i yeah like i said i just w- i wish these orgs were just like listen yeah, like exactly as you said, Rich. It's best for my organization. We're obviously not going to turn down all these dollars. You want to watch esports? We well, want to give you esports. This has to happen. We still think what they're doing is shit, and fuck these guys. Still, yes, we're taking their money, but whatever. It's a shitty situation. By the way, you know when you make that point, way do it.
2: the other thing people are probably going to miss is this. It's like the LCS walkout. Even if you have some good points, like fundamentally in an abstract sense, you pick the worst time ever to apply it though. Like the joke is you tried to walk out on the LCS when, spoiler, two massive orgs are trying to sell because they don't believe in the future of the league because of exactly the financials. You're trying to pressure more. So like similarly, to me, that's the other thing that's so silly about this. It's like in this scenario, ah, oh, fuck, what were we talking about there? Wait a second. Where, were we, where, where was that going on that? Uh, oh, that's right. It's, it's the point is this. The point, what people are forgetting when they make this grandstand is we are just playing video games for like millions of dollars. So, at the end of the day, we remember here's the real problem, Foxtrot. If we had actually figured out the monetization, and like every time you fill a stadium, you make money and you make loads off the jersey sales, and there's loads of other mm. like the entire world's activated, and you can go to this league in this country. If that was the case, then we could actually make these stands. If you really yes. believe it, I don't know that people do, but you could choose, like, right, essentially, you could make it like uh, I'll give like a random example, you could make it like when you have like competing like UFC and Bellator or whatever. Like yeah. you could have one where if you want the big money, you go there, and if you're against it, you go to the other one. The real problem we have at the moment is right now, nobody wants to pay for esports. So actually, the only people are fuckers like Saudi Arabia and China who are essentially like, right, we'll pay for it. Because it makes money balls? for us. Yeah, but we'll just do it for the like social control or to make yep. ourselves look cool. Like so, unfortunately, like that is essentially like an absolute Faustian bargain in a way we sort of have to make where we're currently in the industry because if we don't the other option isn't like choose this it's you have to revolutionize the whole industry and the whole monetization system so it's sad saddest part about this is you could have done this a few years ago in fact people did used to make bold statements but i i the the team orgs aren't fundamentally wrong if you actually want to be a normal team org you basically have to agree to work with all these companies riot blizzard esl Saudis, China, Dubai, everyone. And by the way, if I had to guess, because I I think UK people, we're actually uniquely positioned to know this, unlike Americans. If you just know what is going on with football, it is going to continue. Like here's the biggest joke of all, I'll give you this freebie at the end. I didn't particularly hate Saudi Arabia because of all this shit. Because like I say, I know too much about America and other Mm. countries. But I'll tell you what, as a Liverpool fan, I fucking despise them now, don't I? Because they're buying all the fucking players. So like the joke is I'm fully aware that there's only more money going to come. and if and this is the real joke of it all as well, right? The only thing that's gonna save some of the virtue signalers rich goes like this they might have said i won't work with saudi arabia so they'll just have to work with qatar or whatever you know what i mean (laughs) if they've been specific enough they're okay but like the joke is it's only going to increase like i think if anything aren't more companies going to come in you could even argue by the way if the whole ukraine russia thing hadn't happened that was already a fairly insidious sort of like tentacle that was already working its way through european esports like i say counter-strike essentially was just run on eastern european betting companies as it was just funded And uh, we all accepted it. Won the tournaments, you know.
0: And ultimately, Saudi Arabia is probably going to be the thing that carries esports through this global recession. Probably yeah, will be. It going. It might actually
2: save it. You're right. Yeah, like might just save
0: esports. Like having yeah. to massive, like at best, without any of this middle eastern money, esports would have had to massively downsize for a period of time. At a minimum, like yes. so. They're bypassing oh, and that. by the
2: way if you know the actual amounts of money we're talking about in football where they will buy individual players for hundreds of millions the money they spent on esports is nothing to yeah. them like they could just fucking, they could just throw another bucket of that money at us and they could they'd have no problem at all they're balling out of control over there guys
1: so if for you rich working as the the paragon of ethics from esports org doesn't doesn't happen for you potentially another side hustle could be setting up a business registered in somewhere perceived to be positive let's let's say one of the scandinavian countries they've got a pretty somewhat good rep um and then work as an agent with the saudis in between the talent and then talent goes i'm not working with the saudis i'm working with the norwegians you're set up in Norway okay. and then you can be the middleman. Oh, you're sure. doing what Cloud9
2: did in CS Gore. Because if people remember, Cloud9 technically didn't buy that like Russian team from Gambit, they bought it from a Norwegian talent agency. It <laughs> just so happened to have acquired it like the day earlier. It was like, I think I can see how this game split. This is what's sad. On the one hand, which I want to go, how blatantly obvious is this, but you have to realize most fans are tricked by like wrestling level K-fabes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, actually, that is pretty fair enough, Jack. You actually did as much as you need to there, mate. You've, you got away with it. Well done.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean I will say what the main reason why I decide and by the way, people will like say to me all the time, like, Ha, huh, wonder why Rich hasn't worked for a team and I get offers every fucking off season to run LEC orgs by the way. Gosh. Every single off season since I've retired uh, or left H2K, whatever, every single off season without fail, I have had an offer to run an LEC team, and I will not do it because I can't be bothered with riot and I don't want to and a few other reasons I I I hate losing so much that like I hate losing more than I like winning so it's like it's a bad mix that apartment
2: that he wanted in Copenhagen it wasn't available by the time (laughs) he tried to (laughs) put the deposit down
0: yeah but like yeah I I I, I put myself in a position where I don't have to work with these people because I have that choice but yeah I I don't overly if I was if HGK was still going I was still a part of it I don't think I would be massively grandstanding to be like, nope, we must turn down these millions because of X. Like, again, I am ethically, I'm already in a quandary because I am at the behest of the board members. Like, I'm telling them turn down that's these true. millions yeah. and then I have to have a solution of how I'm going to make let them yeah, make their money it. back
2: like do you know that's something a fan might not know you know I pointed out on the LCS walkout thing that like essentially it's actually illegal to do the sort of salary cap things that people wanted done I don't think people understand if your team is especially if it has gone public and you have actual shareholders in some countries it would be considered illegal to not enter some of these tournaments by the way because what you would have done is you would have not have acted in the best financial interest of your shareholders you've actually pulled them out. Of of the tournaments that are the lifeblood of your game. Like in a game like CSGO, I actually imagine if you boycott this Audi shit, like with the current sponsors that people have, you could probably get sued for it, mate. It'd be like the Carlos VCT yeah. thing where the real thing that fucked him over, if you don't know, wasn't Riot. It was that his own shareholders would have been like, Look, we'll fucking just sue you if you ruin this rep, mate. Like if you associate it with this stuff, we'll just we'll ruin you. So like I don't think people get it. You almost actually literally financially have to participate in these tournaments. I think actually you would have a financial responsibility to share.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you didn't, you have to have an alternative solution, which has high upside and high likelihood, which is not possible. which if you can't deliver on that, then you have to fire yourself. Like that's, that's the choice you have to make. So yeah, I didn't want to be in that position. I don't want to work with Riot. I don't want to work with Blizzard. Like I don't want to work with any of these people, but. Yeah, again, the only thing I would say is, like, I don't have a particular issue if people do. Just don't do a Frankie Ward and say that you won't and then do it. And you'll be fine. The only
2: thing is, I have to confirm something, sadly, to you and ruin a little dream of yours. You oh, know your no. dream that you would be the one that turned down all the way, then you'd have the right. Show. I am that person. like I actually turned down millions from the Saudis for my company. And I'll tell you what, when you... Then try to Hey, I actually did though guy's like, I did turn down the millions like Frankie watching up. They all just go, Yeah, but you blocked someone on Twitter once it's like, no, you don't see me. A, even millions of dollars don't buy me one dear respite. No, no respite. You blocked someone once, it's over. It's but game I, over. It's I've stop. told this story before,
0: but I was offered exactly <laughs> one million dollars to go to Saudi Arabia in 2018 and build the infrastructure of esports there, which I didn't know what that meant. It involved like me having to convince Riot to build a server there and shit. So it okay. wasn't doable anyway. But I, you know, obviously I'll embellish it a little bit and be like, so I turned down that, you know. Okay. I wouldn't have been able to do it anyway, but, you know, interesting little tidbit as well. That
2: could have been the beginning of the gravy train, though, because if you get yep. that and you get your foot in, then, then you get the $10 million, the $100 million, you do yeah. the whole circuit. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, Brilliant. why not? We've been that on for quite some time here, guys. Is there anything else you wanna add on to any of these topics that oh, we've Yeah, talked We didn't about forget
2: today? to mention the one detail, which is we didn't actually mention the specific thing about liquid, which is the real problem is this. What made them look really silly is right I actually do genuinely believe, by the way, even though their actions suggest otherwise. Like, if you sat like Steve Arhansett or Nazgul down, the two head people of Team Liquid, and injected them with the truth serum, which doesn't exist in a James Bond movie, and they had to say the truth, I do think they actually do believe the shit they, be- they actually say, like, in their minds. They just obviously aren't acting that way. So the real reason the Team Liquid ones really cringes, like I say, it was actually very well framed. Like, the P- PR people they have there are very good. They're not fucking up like the EG people are. But the real what made them what made it shady is that Richard basically investigated and found that part of this thing of going to Gamers Eight with the Saudis is they want people to like make a stir on social media and yeah. pop up and promote the event. And so they have a hashtag. And if you use this hashtag, Team Orgs had like an internal like secret bounty where you sort of like it's like being one of those Twitch streamers where you do the challenges and you get stuff or whatever, right? Essentially, if you get enough, you're sort of competing against the other orgs like G2's competing against Team Liquid and fit and you are all competing to see who gets the most mentions on the hashtag. Yeah. Well, the reason why Team Liquid is mad fucking sketchy is when they did their apology on Twitter <laughs> about having to attend the event, they just snuck that hashtag in. And what fans didn't know is that enters the apology tweet, which then obviously, because it's an apology, speaking out about this issue, got loads of attention. That then essentially means that they will now potentially <laughs> win money internally off that. And as Richard pointed out in Daughter, at least, they won so much money just from the daughter tournament like the 100k they gave really is nothing like i made the joke it's mean but it's a good joke i just said at this point you're not even actually like st- Robin hood you know stealing from the rich to give to the poor or making a protest you're just saying hey gay people here's your cut <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean it sounds fucked up but you sort of are yeah, aren't yeah. You? like essentially what they said is we're getting like three million says so your 100k it's like okay so like that that part is shady the idea like they sort of tried to pretend like oh i'm punishing myself did i win did i win the contest? <laughs> that's a bit shady come on team liquid come on come on for all <laughs> yeah. That's that's a bit so cynic. Come on. It is funny though, I will say it. You've got to read Richard's article. It the, is funny. the
0: only thing I would disagree on that is that I I believe that all of these NA org owners are like I mean, they essentially created like their mini cabal, like in the early days of LCS with like uh, Steve, Reggie, uh Jack, Jack obviously, yeah. and basically used that as being the three biggest orgs to like do their own collective bargaining and leverage oh, sure. the other teams like against Riot. And I don't think there's much yeah, I don't think there's much moral struggle going on in Steve's head. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't. I don't really uh, trust these people as far as I can throw them. So I think that was more savvy than anything else. I don't think. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the guy was hovering about to press tweet, and Steve's like, "Don't forget the hashtag."
1: <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. And on that note, we've covered everything we want to talk about for today. Like I said, is there anything anything you guys want to add on it on top on extra? We've we've been going on for a while it's been good we've covered a lot of different things good old drama stuff i just hope vitality
0: are um, knocked out when i post this because i guess that would be hilarious yeah, yeah. technically yeah. possible i suppose
1: yeah we've got that going on we've got the uh the lec stuff happening too although that's not gonna happen just yet but yeah um guys thank you so much for for being here and giving us your amazing insight as always thank you at home for watching our beautiful podcast Stick around. We'll be around, I don't know, what's it now, August? Next time we'll see each other, it'll probably be snowing, right? I imagine. Who knows? Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time.